chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, but you called me a citizen of
If this is your first time, welcome. We've been at the YMCA for the last two years, so that you're at the first time in the ARC, and it feels good. Uh, everyone who's been around for a while, welcome back. It's good to see some friendly faces and see you all here. Hey, before we get in and talk about what Alive is, I want to call up the four small group leaders that I talked to, and I want to introduce you guys real quick, so run up here real quick. We have four small groups at Alive, and... Uh, Man, we, we want to be a family. We gather every Wednesday, but as Mark said in the introduction, we do stuff throughout the whole week. So we have four small groups going on, and uh, I just want these guys to introduce themselves and give a quick pitch of their small group, why you should come, and when it meets. So, Mark, you'll be up first. All right. So, yeah, my name is Mark Hagee. I am helping to lead a, a group that is going to be meeting on Tuesday nights. We're going to be partnering with the Vineyard Church, they're doing a series for six weeks on The Shack. If you guys read the book or seen the recent movie that came out, we're going to be hopping in with them. And so this next Tuesday, we're going to watch The Shack. And the following Tuesdays, we're going to be meeting at the church uh, to go through that mid-sized group with the rest of the church. So I definitely encourage you guys to all come check it out this Tuesday. Ladies first, right? Pass it off to you guys. Okay, hi, I'm Dale, um, and I, along with some other leaders like Mark and Kundai and Brett, um, are going to be leading a... Oh. Okay. Oh, okay, hey. Um, all right, I am... Oh, gosh, that was awesome. Um, keep cheering for me, guys, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I'm Lauren Acton, and I am one of the leaders of the women's small group. So on the back of your card, it says that we meet on Tuesday nights, but that is not true. We're meeting on Thursday nights. Um, and so a little bit about our group. Um, we had a vision about it um, that we were going to be infiltrating the city with Jesus and that we were going to come from Wednesday Night Alive, which is like the city on the hill, and it's just full of light, and we're going to be carrying that light out into our community. Um, so from that, we've started calling our women's small group a city block because we're going to be taking over a city block and using it to really touch this community. Um, and so I really hope that you'll join us when we're talking about identity and what it means to be a woman and carry Jesus' light into the city. So uh, if you have questions, find me after worship. Yeah. 
take three. Okay, I'm Dale, <laughs> and um, I'm going to be leading, along with Mark and Kundai and Brett, you guys can wave your hands if you want. Um, we're going to be leading a group that is going to be meeting Friday nights at 7 p.m. at 803 West Nevada called Deeper, and basically what Deeper is about is it's a small group where we're going to go deeper in our relationship with the Lord. LOL, so funny. Um, no, but really, it's going to be a time where we can just um, be real and authentic. It's a co-ed, spirit-led group, so basically what that means is every week it's going to look different, so it'll be time of worship, prayer, ministry, community. I'll bring snacks, um, and yeah, it's just going to be a time where we can just really be genuine and have um, a real genuine encounter with the Lord. So if you guys like what you experienced tonight um, and you're hungry for more, we encourage you guys to come out this Friday. It'll be like two days from now, this Friday, um, 7 p.m. at 803 West Nevada. And if you have any questions, we'd love to connect with you guys and just tell you more about it. So yeah, it's much more. There you go. What's up, guys? My name's Owen. Um, so, Yeah. I'm one of the guys, small group leaders. Um, we'll be meeting Thursday nights at 7 p.m. once again, Eric Diaz apartment. Uh, it's going to be a great time of brotherhood and fellowship, really going at it, discovering what it means to be a man of God. Um, and if the other four leaders could stand up real quick, give a wave. Um, if you guys could introduce yourself to one of us tonight, um, give us your number. We'd love to connect with you, and we'll add you to the group me so you have all that information. But I would definitely check it out. There will be food, friends, and Jesus. Uh, it'll be a good time. So. Yeah, looking forward to meeting you guys. Yeah, connect with any of us because each group has a group me, and we want to get you guys plugged in, so you get to stay in touch. Right. Cool, thanks, guys. And I think they said this, but there are cards, small group cards in the back with all the information, so make sure you grab one of those. Cool. Well, again, my name's Ryan, and we're going to show a quick video that just shows a glimpse of kind of who Alive is, and then uh, we're going to get started. Hey everyone, my name's Ryan. I'm the college pastor with the Vineyard Church. Hear what some students are saying about our live college ministry. Alive is a place where we encounter the Holy Spirit. Alive has deep and impactful teaching. Coming into college, uh, one of the best decisions of my life was coming to Alive. What I love most about Alive is the family atmosphere. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to love people and share the hope of Jesus. Alive wants nothing to do with religion, but everything to do with relationship with the Father. Thanks for listening. Check out this video, and I'll see you at a live. You might ask yourself, what is alive? But the question I want to ask you is, who is alive? As we come together, it's a time of awakening students to who he is. And when I say who he is, I mean who Jesus is. It's a time of understanding and awakening students to who he is and who they are meant to be. See, the one who lives within us, he brings the light of life. It's the same spirit, power, life, and love that lived in Jesus, that raised Jesus from the dead, that lives in us. Do you believe that? When you look into your own eyes, do you see his eyes looking back at you? Do you believe that his power and his love lives within you? We do. Alive Vineyard College Ministry is a group of people that have been awakened to the calling, identity, and destiny that God has given each of us to have in this life. 
See, we've been handpicked, chosen to be alive in this world, in this place, in this era for a great, great reason. We're not accidents, we're not mistakes, but we're chosen to be alive for such a time as this. So the question, church, that I wanna ask you is not what is alive, but who is alive? Are you? I love that video. I could watch that for days. <laughs> Man, well, hey, thank you guys for everyone coming out again. Uh, that's a couple, you know, a bunch of footage that we've had for the last couple of years. And uh, hopefully you guys might be in the next one. You never know. Um, can, I, can I just have people raise their hands if we either met you at Quad Day or the Ike and you're here for the first time? If you just raise your hand. All right. A couple of you. Sweet. I think like maybe like 10. Man, Amen. Well, thanks for having courage to come out. I see you back there, Chris. <laughs> thanks for having courage to come out. I know uh, going to a ministry where you don't know many people, that uh, takes courage. So thanks for coming out. Well, tonight we just want to spend some time. I'm going to open up my Bible. Let's see if this works. One second. This is why I should have had the help mic. I told you this would happen, wouldn't it? So I just want to spend some time kind of introducing myself and, uh, and what Alive is. This music stand is looking trippy. But, um, man, have you ever asked yourself why you're alive? Have you ever asked yourself what your real purpose is in life? I don't know about you, but when I was in college, uh, I was a partier, and I remember just going to parties and living my life for sports and for all these things that I thought would make me happy. And I remember looking up at the stars at night, asking myself, is there anything more to this life? Is there anything more that can truly show me what life is and who I'm meant to be? I don't know, guys, about you, but growing up, I just always kind of, when I look in the mirror and, and I try to prove myself through sports and through everything else that I thought gave me identity in life, I always really wondered in the back of my mind, who is Ryan Otto? Who is Ryan Otto and who am, who am I meant to be? You know, I think so many people, we go to college, right? And so many people say, you're going to college and you're going to find your career path. You're going to find what you're meant to do for the rest of your life. Maybe even some of us, I know I did, maybe you hope to go to college and you find the one that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Amen? I know some of you are saying amen. Don't make me call you out. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about too. <laughs> you guys are like, I'm leaving right now. But I don't know about you, but we go to college and we're trying to find and figure out who we are and what we're meant to do with this life. I, I still think about that. 32 years old, yes, I'm 32. They hired me because I look like I'm in college, right? Lacey Smith back there somewhere. She's my boss. What up, Lace? Um, she came out. Just wanted to make sure people came tonight, so thanks for coming. <laughs> um, but I remember going to college and still having that question back in mind, who am I? What am I really meant to do with this life? And is there more than the things I'm just living for? And that's really what Alive is meant to be. Our hearts is to awaken students to their identity and destiny in Christ. To help you guys know that you are called, that you are alive. And we have this saying for such a time as this. There's more to life than just academics and making money, having a family and growing old. Those are all good things. I want those things. We need those things. But do you believe that you've been handpicked and chosen? Not just to be in this world, but to be at U of I. To make a difference in the classroom, in your friend group, in your sword, in your frats, on the football field, in the basketball court, wherever you're meant to be. 
do you believe? What if God created you because he knew you were strong enough to handle it? What if God saw you, McKenna, and said, I need McKenna born in this life? That you have a purpose that goes deeper, wider, and farther than any degree could ever give you. I'm not trying to diminish academics. I, I have my bachelor and my master's degree. It's important. And I don't say that to gloat. But I say that there's God's awakened my and our hearts to help us realize that there's more to life. So I'm going to pray us in, and I want to talk a little bit about that today. Father, I just thank you, God. One, I just thank you for this space, Lord. <laughs> this took faith to move here, and it months of praying and preparation. And I just thank you that people showed up, and it's always more fun when people come. And God, I just thank you most of all that you're here. So, Father, I pray, you know, Lord, just let people forget what I say, but I just pray what you say will stick. What you say will go deep. And I pray, God, from the bottom of my heart that people will be inspired tonight, not by Ryan Otto, not by the band, but by you, Jesus Christ. So come, God. Come and do what only you can do. And we say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak to me, and please speak through me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I just want to share, uh, someone once said, um, every time I preach, I need to share a little bit of my testimony. I remember hearing that in some of you who've been coming for a while. You're like, oh, man, please don't share your testimony again. We've heard it 20 times, right? But there's always new people. And so I just want to share a little bit of my story because my story kind of coincides with a live story. And just like Leah's story coincides with a live story. We don't have it all figured out. The leaders don't have it figured out. But we're on a journey. And as we come closer to Christ and as we become more alive, this place comes more alive. And our prayer and, and, our, and our heartbeat is that the ark and the Ike and the campus will be changed by the people in this room. You know, we are just, we're at the Vineyard Church, and uh, one of the pastors had this slogan say, we go to church on Sunday to be the church on Monday. And I hope the same thing's true about Wednesdays. So growing up, like I said, I played sports. I put my identity in, in things that I thought would fill me up. And it was, I don't know about you, but it was like a chasing after the wind. It, it made me temporarily hap happy, but then I'm moving on to one thing after another. And I remember with sports, sports got taken away from me. Football was my life. It got taken away from me senior year, and it rocked my world. It was like someone died and something that I could never get back. My identity was wrapped in it. My hope was wrapped into it, and then it was taken away from me. So what did I do next? I went to the next thing that I thought gave me that gratification, gave me that identity, gave me that purpose. And I went from one thing to one thing to one thing until I finally start, started running out of things. And I start, started to realize there's got to be more. I can't I remember I went to Bowling Green State University from Ohio. Um, any Ohio people in the house? Yeah. That's why you're awesome. <laughs> um, but I remember I would just be walking and the wind would hit my face. It was so windy there. There was no hill. It's one of the windiest places in the country, for real. And the wind would hit me in the face. And I just felt like God would be like, Ryan, even though you can't see me, you can feel me. And I would go out and party, and I'd go to the bars, and I'd be walking home late at night, and I'm just, what did I do, you know, looking up at the stars. It's like, is there anything more out there? Is there anything more than what I'm living for? And when I gave my life to Jesus, I always grew up believing in God, but not belonging to God. I, he, I always belonged to him. I just, he didn't belong to me yet, if you know what I mean. It's one foot in, one foot out. And finally, I just hit that end of the road. And God, God used a girl to get me to church. He knows how to get us guys. And, right, Kendrick? 
I don't know why I just said that, but good to see you, bro. <laughs> I think the last time Kendrick came, I called him out and had him come up and speak, and that's why it's been like six months, right, dude? <laughs> you gave me another chance, and I just blew it. <laughs> good to see you, man. And, uh, but I remember God got me to church, and it was a place like Alive, and people were just so excited to be there. Hands were raised. The band was rocking. The speaker was pretty good. And uh, something just felt different. And I was like, whoa, people go to church because they want to? Like, I always grew up going to church because I had to. Anyone else like that? Yeah, maybe. Cool. I'm glad I'm the only one. Thank you, green guy. <laughs> and, and, and in that moment, though, I discovered that I knew of God, but I didn't know what it meant to have God in my heart as a friend, as a father and a savior. And from that moment when I asked Jesus into my heart, to be my Lord and my Savior, and to, to ask him to make me the man that he created me to be, to show me the purpose that he has. My life has become an amazing, amazing adventure. If you know me, sometimes it's crazy, but it's always an adventure, I say, right? <laughs> and um, from there, I went, and I got, to do, uh, I got to do missions trips for three years, and then God brought me here to be the college pastor, and we've just been on this amazing journey of w looking what it means to become alive in Christ. And I remember when I was on the mission trip, I was in Africa, and uh, I love movies. If you guys don't know that about me, you will know that about me. Love movies, and every movie I go to, I ask God to speak to me through it, and I believe he does. Um, I just first time, believe it or not, I watched The Dark Knight. Yes, I know, it's been like eight years. <laughs> I, watched the, I, I saw the first one and the third one, and I kind of felt like I shouldn't watch the second one, but everyone loved it so much, I took a leap of faith and watched it, and you know, God, God spoke to me through it. Um, but I remember I was watching this movie, Man of Steel. Have you guys ever saw that Superman movie? Before Superman versus Batman, Man of Steel, yeah. And I remember in that, he's looking for his purpose, and he's looking for his purpose, and he's going from job to job, town to town, because he doesn't know who he is. And he doesn't know who he is because he doesn't know where he came from, right? He just showed up in earth. He knows he's from somewhere else. He knows he's different. But he doesn't know his name. He doesn't know his father, who he came from. And I remember I was reading Ephesians 2, and, and God spoke to me through the scripture and, and through that movie. And, and even, believe it or not, I remember looking at, you know, these goats and all these animals running around. I, I was in this village in Africa, literally, where they haven't seen white people. Babies would look at me and cry. I mean, I... I, I thought I was a nice guy. I love kids. It was heartbreaking. But they had never seen a white person, you know. And so, like, they were scared of me. And, like, but I was in, I was totally, like, in just the, they call it the bush bush. And we were out there, and I was just like, God, like, why wasn't I born here? Or I was looking at, like, even these animals, like, just, and I was like, why, why wasn't, like, I could have been born that animal. And it was just, like, kind of this light bulb went on that I didn't choose to be me. I didn't choose to be born in Ohio. I didn't choose to be the family that I was uh, born to. But God chose me. God chose me to be me. He, he chose you to be you and to be alive in this era, in this generation, to go to the University of Illinois right now for a reason. I, I know that might sound like that's common sense, but let that sink in for a second. You didn't choose you. You didn't choose your family. You didn't choose the sport you play or if you're good at math. Heck, I know I'm not good at math. You know, you didn't choose some of the gifts. Now, some of you worked hard for that, right? You, you've worked hard for that. You, you've, uh, you're, you've, you know, you've learned things. You've, you're, you've dr drove yourself. You haven't given up on things God's given you. But some things God's given us for a reason. And when we realize that, 
no matter what class we're going to, no matter what we're going on in our life, I believe we can wake up and be like, wow, today is a gift. Today is a gift to be alive. And God chose me and made me in his image as his son and his daughter to be alive for an amazing, amazing reason. I promise you the job you work, the sport you play, the classes you go to, start living and doing those things with God and watch, more, watch how much more meaningful and fun it is. I promise. As you're walking to class, ask God, God, who do you want me to reach out to today? That, that could just be a smile or, or a hug. I mean, it's just fun when we live life with him. And I used to think God is this distant God that with a microscope just waiting for me to mess up. And I was putting my hope in thing after thing after thing. But it wasn't making me happy because I didn't know who I was. And after I gave myself, gave my life to Jesus, I read this verse that I felt like just defined my life so much. And it's in Luke 9, 24. And it says, for anyone, Jesus says, for anyone who tries to save his life will lose it. But those who lose their life for me will save it. And I was like, whoa, that, that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to save my life. I've been trying to put my hope in money, in an image, in a car, in sports, in academics, in girls. It, it, one thing after the one thing after the one thing. And I was like, what does it mean to lose your life? I, I, I was doing the drinking scene. I was the party scene. Believe it or not, people were hitting me up where the parties were every weekend. I was even making the mixes back on CDs back in the day. You know, I was in. True story. I know. I, it's, it's hard to believe, but it is. <laughs> and, like, man, I was trying to save my life. But when I had the courage and the faith and honestly just hit rock bottom and gave my life to Jesus, said, Jesus, I'm done. You win. You win. I'm done trying to figure out who I am and to prove to the world who I am. I want you to show me who I am. That's when he saved it. And that's when he gave it purpose and meaning. And now no matter what job I have, if I'm working at a gas station one day, which is fine, that's a good job, it'll have a deeper meaning and significance than the job I have or the amount of money I make because I'm living with him. You know, we have mission statements for our organizations. You have mission statements probably for your sports teams or your clubs that you're in. Have you ever thought about, well, what's the mission statement for your life? At the end of your life, how do you want to be remembered? If our lives ended tonight, would we have lived a life that made a difference in people's life? I don't say that to condemn you or say that you're not. I'm just asking you questions that I ask myself all the time. Am I a person that brought out the best in people? When people leave me, even on my worst days, did I represent Jesus to them? Did I represent hope to them? People who don't even believe in God, who want nothing to do with God. I mean, I love going on outreach. We, went, we go to the outreach to the quad and the Ike. I love it. You know, some, we just handed out a live cards. We connect with people. Just someone came up to me. I, he might be here. And he was Hindu. I said, hey, we're a Christian. He says, I'm not Christian. And he's, I'm like, it's okay. You can come. He's like, I can? Some people say, hey, I'm not religious. Great. Either are we. I hope we're not. I don't think Jesus was. I think the world tried to make him religious. But he won't be put in a box. Amen. I don't want to be put in a box. So I just want to encourage you guys, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, if you know Jesus, if this is your first time ever to a church-related event, ask him into your heart. If you already know him, ask him to take you deeper, guys. I promise it's the best adventure and ride you'll ever go on in your life.
I love uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. And it says, in Adam we all die, but in Christ we are made alive. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ we are all made alive. And you're probably like, whoa, what the heck does that mean? Well, there was a story, Adam and Eve. They were the first ones ever born. You may have heard of them. And Adam represents our old self. We're all people. We all make, all make mistakes. If you know me, I make mistakes every day. Amen, Tuck. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he, you know, he'll be the first one to point out to me. <laughs> Love you, man. Um, but we all make mistakes. But I pray that every day as I put on Christ, Christ, the hope of glory in me, in you, that we live each day in our new self. Because when we ask Jesus into our hearts, it says the old is gone and the new has come. The old is gone. The old has passed away. But the new has come. That when we look in our eyes, that we are new because he makes us new. No matter what we messed up on, no matter what we did, and when we fall and we will fall, guess who's there to pick us back up? Jesus. Because he saved us by his grace. And he's the best dad, best coach, best older brother, best friend that we ever had. And he's always there to look us in the eye, to remind us who we are, and how much he loves us and believes in us, and pick us back up. He's not there to point a finger at us. It says it is by the kindness of the Lord that we turn to repentance. It's because of his kindness and his love changes us. And so wherever you're at, I don't know about you, but I love this verse because I don't want sometimes if I get, you know, especially get me on the football field or playing sports, I can get competitive and I start caring too much about winning rather than how people are feeling around me. Trust me, I love to win, just using that as an example. But I can fall back into some old thinking habits, right? If I get, you know, just the other day, I had an argument with my mom. And I got so mad, I'll just be real. I was like, I hate you, mom. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, I haven't got an argument with my mom for 10 years. I love my mom. And I was like, whoa, it talks about in scripture, renewing your mind in Christ. And I was like, man, when was the last time I really got with the Lord? And so, man, I got with the Lord, I got prayer, me and my mom met up, there were some things from my past that we talked about, and it was an amazing moment of reconciliation and healing. But that was a moment I had a choice. Am I going to be reminded and remember that I am new? Because every day, guys, it's a fight. If you've ever played a sport or been in a fight, you punch and you get punched, but we don't give up. Or you you play you go down the court and someone then you got to play defense, right? There's offense and defense, and sometimes it's like that in life. But that's why being a family is so important. We don't want to be a ministry. We're called a live vineyard college ministry. If I could, I would change the name. Maybe talk to Lacey about that, right, Lace? I want to be. We're, we're meant to be a family. We're meant to be a family. That's what church is. It's not, it's not a place of regulation and rules where we go to Sunday and then just leave. Real church is a family. Real church is someone you can call at 2 in the morning when you're drunk off your butt, knowing that they're going to pick you up, look you in the eye, pray for you, and say you've, that you've been made for more. But they look you in the eye and help you know that they believe in you. They might set up accountability. They might be there to help you. They don't condemn you. Real church is family. That's what I loved about football. They had that brotherhood and that familyhood. That's why we have small groups and we have guys groups and girls groups and co-ed groups. Because we're meant to be a family on this campus. And hopefully as we grow in Christ, this family grows in numbers and in spirit. But if it's just us, we're family because of him. 
And that's when I see Ben Plaza, and I may haven't seen him for months. What's up, brother? Because you're my brother because we're related to Christ. Because you got Christ and I got Christ, that makes us family. So there's this, I wanna, I wanna, there's this story I want to read Ephesians first, uh, the chapter I was talking about. But there's this amazing story, and we have this saying that we say, we've been made alive for such a time as this. And I was reading Ephesians today, preparing for this message, praying, and God blew my mind. And I just want to share this. So I'm going to read Ephesians 2. Focus on what Jesus says. Well, Jesus didn't say this. Paul said this, but he talked about Jesus. Just want to be fair. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were, na- we were, we were by nature objects of wrath. But here it is, guys. But because of his great love, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. I'm going to read that again. But because of God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. And when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. It is by grace. And guys, that's one of the first things we focus about on life is helping you know who you are. And I'm not help, saying I'm helping you know who you are because I got it all figured out. Guess what? You guys help me know who I am too. Because you keep pointing me to Jesus. You keep pointing me to Jesus. Small group leaders keep pointing you to Jesus. Friends going out to coffee. Uh, you guys call us out. We point each other to Jesus. It's iron sharpens iron. Because the more we point ourselves to Jesus, Miranda, the more we figure it out, Pralov, that we keep going after him, he shows us who we are. Because the biggest thing the enemy wants to attack you is he wants to make you think that you're someone that you're not. I've said this before, so forgive me if you heard it before. You ever see one of those big Rottweilers getting chased around by a, a little chinchilla or dog or something? <laughs> Chihuahua, there we go. Thank you. Can you sit in the front row every time for me? <laughs> chinchilla, that's a different animal. But, hey, that could happen, right, Mark? <laughs> Kendrick's like, get me out of here. <laughs> but have you ever seen that? Or one of those big dogs being chased around by a little cat? Nothing against cats. But if that dog realized the strength that he had, he, he wouldn't let that thing chase him around. The enemy tries to make us think. He doesn't want us to know that we're saved. He doesn't want you to know that you have the power of the living God living with inside of you. Because when you know that, nothing can defeat you. Because guess what, guys? When we die one day, that's not the end of the story. That's actually just the beginning of it. We're, we're, going to a, a, we're going to a life that's internal and everlasting because of what Jesus did for us. And what if this journey in life is not figuring out what we're meant to do, but more figuring out who we are and the one that we come from. So we point students, friends, family, and say, remember who you are. That Jesus made us alive in Christ by his mercy. That we are a son and a daughter. And when we go on the journey of finding out who our father is, we find out who we are. And then... When we find out who we are, we figure out what we're meant to do with this one and only precious life that God has given us. We focus on identity, then we focus on destiny. The world says it's the other way around. God says, find out who you are by finding out who I am. 
let me show you who you are in me, and I'll show you who I am through you. Amen. Let me finish the scripture. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. This is a gift of God, not by works, not how much you go to church or how much you read your Bible, not by works. Those are good things, but it doesn't define you. It's not by works that no one can boast. Here it is, guys. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works when God prepared us in advance for us. That, that God has prepared us, prepared us in advance for us to do. So here's the story. I'm reading this scripture. I know this scripture. We've used it every time. We, we start off with a lie with a vision. But we have this thing called that, that you have been alive for such a time as this. Where it's, it's actually not the exact scripture. Um, so that's why we don't say it's scripture. It's kind of a quote that we mix with scripture. But it comes from Esther 4.14. And, and where it's this amazing story where Esther, who's a Jew, marries a king from another religion. And he is upset about it. I don't have time to get into the whole story. It's a great story. Read it in the book of Esther. Um, but he's upset. And he's going to eliminate all the Jews. And so even though that Esther is the king's wife and queen, she cannot go talk to her husband unless he summons for her. So, it, it, yeah, I know it's jacked up. But he, she can't go talk to him and hang out with him unless he summons her. I'm glad things have changed. So, and it's been 30 days since he summoned her, and he's upset based on some lies and some things that people told him. And he's about to eliminate all the Jewish people, which is God's people, God, God's chosen people. And he doesn't know that she's Jewish, but he's, gonna, he's about to find out. And so his uncle, uh, Esther's uncle, his name's Mordecai, goes to her, and she says, you, you have to do something. You have to do something. Maybe that this has all happened, and you became his wife for this reason. And, you know, there's fear and there's anxiety. And she says, if I go to him and he doesn't summon me, they'll kill me. They'll kill me unless he lifts his scepter and saves me, which is very, very rare for a king, the king to do, even for his own wife. And he, he, he says this line. And he says, perhaps you've been put into this royal position for such a time as this. Perhaps. You have been given this gift, this royal position, to influence, to inspire, to change for such a time as this. And I'm reading this, and I'm reading this scripture in Ephesians 2. And what did it say, guys? It said that God has seated us in heavenly positions in Christ Jesus. He's, he's, he's seated us and made us alive to do advance uh, with work set, uh, prepared in advance for us to do. And that blew my mind. I don't know if you're tracking with me yet. So let me read this from the Amplified Version. And he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in the heavenly places. Because we are in Christ Jesus. And he did this so that in the ages to come, he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassable riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. 
So it's saying that they seated us in heavenly places, that they've, God has given us through Christ a royal position, an influence that he's taken, his own spirit that lived in him, that raised him from the dead to live in us, to give us power. It says when the spirit of the Lord comes on you, he comes in power. He anoints us. He empowers us. If you know, knew me before Jesus, I acted like a tough guy on the outside, but I was a wimp. I was a fraidy cat on the inside. But when I asked Jesus into my heart and I let the Holy Spirit empower me and live in me and through me, he's given me faith to do radical things that if you know me, I could never do it myself. He seated us in heavenly places. For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And check this, guys. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is undeserved, a gracious gift of God, not as a result of your own works, not from your attempts to keep the law or be a good person, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for their salvation. Verse 10 in the Amplified Bible. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living in the good life which he prepared and made ready for us. Guys, think about that for a second. If you've never read the Amplified Bible, if you read Bible verses at all, and it's hard for you to understand, check out the Amplified. It, it, it explains what some verses mean in brackets. But it's saying that God chose you, Brett, that God chose you, Micah, that God chose each and every one of us and didn't keep us where we are, saved us, changed us, and then put us in a position of royalty and influence to make a difference. Have you ever been given an opportunity or a gift that you knew you didn't deserve? Maybe it's a relationship you're in. Maybe it's money to pay off your student loans. It's something that you know that's a gift from God. An opportunity that when everyone doubted you, then God said he believed in you and you had it. I know I have. Friends all the time just out there praying for me. I just feel humbled that I get to do a live with friends who are family. I don't care if they're 10 years younger than me. Not all of them are. Even if they are, they'd sharpen me and inspire me like I hope I do to them. But God helps us. Just like he used Esther. Esther lived by faith. She went up to the king, was scared for her life, but she lived by faith and not by sight. She went up to the king where everyone said, kill her, kill her, kill her. And God moved on her behalf, not just to save her, but save his people. And it says in Romans, if God is for us, who can stop us? If he is with us, what and who can stand against us? So friends, we pack up all this stuff each week, try to make it look cool have some good music and maybe an okay speech. But we do it because we want God to awaken and inspire and do what only he can do in your lives. Because you are called for such a time as this. You are alive for such a time as this. And you have a purpose that goes deeper, wider, and farther than any job, any title, 
or even any person can show you. But I promise you, if you trust him, if you ask him into your heart, if you already know him and you ask him, I say it all the time, Holy Spirit, take more control of my life. Give me more faith, God. One of the best prayers you can pray every day, God, just give me faith. Give me faith, God. Because it is, it is faith that pleases God. God, give me faith to love you more. Give me faith that when I hear that prompting, when I hear that nudge, to do it. Today I was listening to songs, right, and a song preparing, and I felt, I was like, I was just being moved by it. And I just started sending it out to people, sending it out to people. God, who do you want me to send this to? Who do you want me to send this to? And one person got really, really offended by it, which I couldn't understand, but they did. And, man, I'm like, man, oh, shoot, did I not listen to God? Did I not listen to God? God, I was just trying to do your work. But you know what? I would rather be wrong. I'd rather not look at the pitch, just go by me, but swing and miss it. I'd rather live by faith. You know what? If I'm 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, or whatever God tells you to do, that's a pretty good percentage for me. Because at the end of the day, guys, I don't want to be afraid anymore. I don't want to look to other things to define me. But I want to let him define me. Because when I know who I am in him, and I know who he is in me, that's what makes this life worth living. Would you pray with me? Father, I just thank you, God. That just like you used Esther to change that nation, to save your people, you've created every single one of us. And you've given us talents and abilities. And that each day we live, God, it is a gift to be alive. And we don't know how much longer we have. And I don't say that in fear, but I thank you that no matter what's happening around in our lives, no matter how bad it seems, when we wake up and we realize that it is a gift to be alive and that you've chosen us and changed us and saved us and empowered us, man, it gets us pumped up. And when we can't believe it, good friends, brothers and sisters come around us and look us in the eye and say, remember who you are. Remember who is in you. So, Father, I pray for the new friends in this room and the old friends, that we become a family, that you would change us and save us every day we wake up to remind us who we are and whose we are in you, that we are alive because you are alive, and our story is never over because your story is never over, and it's being lived out in each and every one of us. We love you, Jesus. So I'm laying down all my religion. I'm laying down. I want to know you, Lord. I'm laying down. I 
So on that day that I asked Jesus into my heart, it was at a church service. And at the end of the, the service, they had a, a thing called an altar call. And I was like, what the heck's an altar call? And it was for people to come up and ask Jesus into their heart for the first time. See, I just thought going to church was enough. But it's something that makes us different, that makes us alive and with a vineyard that we believe before we should end any service, we always want to have an opportunity people to pray for you. Whether that's asking Jesus into your heart or praying for a test or a relationship you're in or even a simple cold that you have. So at this time, I'm going to ask the coaches to go to the side, kind of by where the lamps are. And through this next song or two, we just want to give you an opportunity. And they'll spread out a little bit. I'm just going to do the coaches for tonight. The coaches are young adult leaders. Um, and they're here, we have student leaders and young adult leaders who really just want to be a mentor and a friend to you, to pour into you and to be there for you. And so, guys, wherever you're at, through these next songs, take a risk and go up to the coaches if you want, no matter what it's about, and let someone pray for you.
You know, there's a story in scripture when the Israelites are fighting and Moses has his arms up. And when his arms are up, they win. But when his arms come down, they lose. And some good friends and brothers come around him and just hold his arms up. And he's reminded that when he speaks and sings of the victory of the Lord, that it's an impartation that it comes out in our lives as we walk and live this life. So guys, as we end tonight, and as Leah gets back and sings through this chorus one more time, will you just hold your hands up and take a risk and speak out the victory of Christ in your life? Just close your eyes, focus on him. As she sings this, let it be a declaration of your life and the victory that he lives in you. And I will will you raise your hands with me? Just talk to him, guys.
everything you did tonight. Let this song just be a declaration of our lives, God, that we will not be shaken, that we will build our life on your love, God. That nothing else matters but a relationship with you, God. That we throw off all the, all the doubt, all the worry, everything that's been hindering us. We release that and we break that off right now in Jesus' name. This room, this campus, this world, God, it's all for you. We're going to give you what you paid for, Jesus. So, God, I just thank you for every heart that came here tonight. And I just speak destiny and I speak identity over each and every single person here tonight. Thank you guys so much for coming out. We're just getting started. It's going to be an amazing fall semester. Hey, there's small group cards in the back. Remember, save the day for fall retreat, first weekend in November. It's an amazing time. Last year, we had about 70 people go. We'd love for you to come out. You can sign up in the newsletter. If you want a live shirt, gear, it's back there. And most of all, the best reason you come to a live besides Jesus is for Emily G's cookies. And you know there's some out there. Get plugged in with a leader, a text alive to 68398, and we hope to see you next week. God bless, guys. See you soon.